The key to sustainable leadership lies in the ability to thrive in uncertainty, ambiguity, and change. Grand Heron International brings you the Coaching Assistance Program, giving your employees on-demand coaching to manage through a challenging situation and arrive at a solution. Visit grandheroninternational.ca slash podcast to learn more. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to the Keep Leading Podcast, a podcast dedicated to promoting leadership development and sharing leadership insights. Here's your host, the Leadership Accelerator, Eddie Turner. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Keep Leading Podcast, the podcast dedicated to leadership development and insights. I'm your host, Eddie Turner, the Leadership Accelerator. I work with leaders to accelerate performance and drive impact through the power of executive coaching, facilitation, and professional speaking. How can you succeed as a leader in today's world? An ancient African proverb says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. My guest today puts it another way. My guest today is Dr. Eric George. He says, as leaders, our success in life and in business is based on understanding the difference between me and we. To that end, today we will discuss the we of leadership. Dr. Eric George is a renowned hand surgeon, serial entrepreneur, venture capitalist, and philanthropist. He is the founder and CEO of Omega Hospital, New Orleans' first physician-owned hospital, the Hand Center of Louisiana, where he actively practices, and ERG Enterprises, a $1 billion investment firm committed to changing communities worldwide. I am excited to welcome Dr. Eric George. Welcome to the Keep Leading Podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me, Eddie. I'm really honored to have the opportunity to talk with you and your listeners today. Well, I am honored to have you. Uh, you and I were introduced by our mutual friend, Todd Stansfeld, and he's told me so many wonderful things about you. And so getting a chance to meet you this morning and talk to you, it is truly a pleasure. Well, thank you. And that's mutual. Todd said the same thing about you, and I've kind of had an opportunity to follow your career and I love what you're doing for your audiences. I've actually read your 140 simple messages for emerging leaders and um, very impressive you are, my friend. <clears throat> Thank you. I really appreciate that, Dr. George. Now, you're a renowned doctor who has a reputation for being really good. I watched several of your media clips because you've been on a lot of the, the media there locally and I've read your national print articles. And so I just would love to know 
uh, or have you explained to our audience, because I know, which area specifically do you practice in? For your audience, uh, my specialty is the care of the hand and the upper extremity. To get there requires, we, we typically do either general surgery or orthopedic surgery first following medical school. And then in my career, I did general surgery, then I did plastic and reconstructive surgery, and then I did an orthopedic hand fellowship. So my, my wife thought I was going to never stop training and actually get a job. <laughs> it was about nine years of training, and I was, I was probably 30 years old and so far in debt, I looked like a felon. And, oh, my. Uh, and, at the end, and so when I came out, I really specialized in the care of the hand and upper extremity. And it brought me to the deep south in New Orleans where, where Ed, there was a lot of oil and gas work out in the Gulf. And many of those people early on with the rigs and the new systems had a lot of traumatic injuries. And the companies were really good to their employees and they would helicopter them in and they really needed some help down here with the hand injuries. They say one out of every nine ER visits is an injury of the hand. Really? So, and when I moved here, there was only a few hand surgeons in the area. So that kind of started me off. I had no idea. that That's a really high ratio. Yes, it is. And I think that most people have worked with their, you know, their fingers. I think we've all done something where you pinch the end of your finger or catch it in the garage door or hit it with a hammer. Hmm. I don't think there's anybody that you'll talk to that doesn't say, oh, yeah, I injured my hand. I think because you're using it every day to work in the world. Yeah. Now that you say that and give those illustrations, I'm thinking about my best friend who recently did injure his hand. And you're right. It's now started me to think about more people in my life who that precise injury has happened to. So, wow. And, and you know, Ed, the other thing that people don't understand with hand surgeons, it's really not hand anymore. I did my hand fellowship at the Mayo Clinic and they changed it when I finished. They call it hand and upper extremity, but it's really how the arm affects the hand. So we do elbow, we do forearm. And then what really drove my interest in it, it's very interesting. I think you'll like this and your audience will, was I really didn't want to be limited to just one people or person type. I, I really love the, the fact that you see all walks of life when you uh, are doing hand surgery. So every day in my office, I'll see young children, I'll see elderly, you see rich, you see poor, you see the laboring class, you see presidents of banks, and all walks of life hurt themselves. So in every day, you get a whole smattering of what I say the world is. Wow. Very interesting. Well, thank you for sharing that part of your background uh, with us. As you know, when I listen to you talk about what you're doing with the hand and especially in an area like that, I spent some time in the oil industry. So I am familiar with what happens on those rigs and the inherent nature, dangerous nature that that business has. And so I know that they're excited and very happy to have someone like you there taking care of them in the industry. Thank you. Now, I suspect that a person like you in your profession works a lot of hours and is very busy. So when I saw that you are also running a billion dollar firm and you are a serial entrepreneur, in my mind, I went, wow, I am such an underachiever. I got to do more. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, it's good help, my friend. I promise you. It's just good help. <laughs> so tell us, how does a successful doctor become a serial entrepreneur? Well, my journey kind of started with starting off, as we talked about in my early career, was really participating as a hand surgeon and working in the hospitals. And what I found was they were fairly inefficient systems. And it was very difficult for a surgeon that does a small amount of case, or I wouldn't say, we do a lot of cases, but very short turnovers. You know, it doesn't take four hours to do a repair of a finger. It takes sometimes 30 minutes to 45. So I decided that I wanted to get involved more in the hospital system because they were having difficulty getting our patients in. So I had an opportunity to acquire and put together a group of doctors for a small hospital. And we started the first physician owned hospital and we were able to do the things that more conducive to the patient and more conducive to the doctor than the corporate side that really was more interested in, I would say, trying to build the empire. And it really took off for us. And as that hospital grew more, we started a surgery center and that kind of got me into the game. And then the growth of the company really came about with finding experts who I could trust and help grow the investment company. Very nice. Very nice. So as you've grown the investment company, you've got the experts. And as you said earlier, part of the success is having a lot of help. And I suspect that having the right help is what makes that difference. What are some of the lessons you've learned? Absolutely. You know, I think probably for your audience and anybody out there that's young or old that's trying to change the game and get involved in business, I strongly encourage people to do it. And I, I mean, I think that you have to find and recruit the right people. And when I say this, sometimes it sounds very harsh, but it really isn't. And it is, I believe in the theory of hire slow, but fire fast or terminate fast. And what I mean by that is, no, I'm not, you're fired kind of nonsense. What I'm saying is you really want to select the people who you know have your same mentality, the we versus me. And I think every entrepreneur knows that you can spot that pretty quickly, whether they're going to work or whether they're not. And I think there's a mentality of let's keep them. Let's see if this is going to make it happen. And I've learned over time that it's not good for them and it's not good for us. So we really take our time to find the people with the talents needed. And then what I typically do is I give them small projects and really, you know, let them take full charge of that. And it gives them that sense of responsibility. And then we pretty much let them in the deep end and they have to make a few mistakes in order to take ownership. Okay. And along the way, somewhere you found time to write a book. And I love the title. We ditch the me mindset and change the world. I absolutely love that. Tell us about the book. Well, it's really about approaching life with the question, what can we accomplish together? And I think there's a lot of mentality, especially in this country today. It's all about me, me, me. I think all of us know what I'm talking about. And I believe that everyone can win in a deal. No one really has to lose. 
you have a far better chance of success if you partner with someone who really is an expert in that area. And that's worked very well for me. In other words, I think in all of our businesses, instead of me saying, oh, wow, I'm a hotel expert, what we've always done is partnered with someone who's involved in the hotel industry. And if we get involved in a startup or a company that's uh, entertainment, we try to hire those people who really know that industry better than we do. And we listen to them. And I think we work together with those people and everybody wins. Yes. And thank you for sending me an advanced copy of the book. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And one of the items that becomes very clear to the reader is you are able to talk about this from your unique perspective as a physician, because there is always a team involved in what you do. You know, that is so great. Thank you for picking up on that. Yes, sir. I think one of the questions I was asked many years ago, and that was, how do you know And what drove you to think about the we mentality? And I think the answer is, during the career as a hand surgeon, we have a contract, you and I. When someone gets hurt, I'm going to perform the surgery, but you have to participate in the care of that, of yourself. And that is go to therapy, take your splints off, do exercises, care for your wound, and the therapist work with you the x-ray technicians work with you and we come together and hopefully I do my part, you do your part. And at the end of the day, it's a win. And I think business is exactly the same way. Wonderful. Well, I want to dig into that a little bit more on the other side of our break. I'm talking to Dr. Eric George, a renowned hand surgeon, serial entrepreneur and venture capitalist. We'll have more from Dr. George right after this. This podcast is sponsored by Eddie Turner, LLC. Organizations who need to accelerate the development of their leaders call Eddie Turner the Leadership Accelerator. Eddie works with leaders to accelerate performance and drive impact. Call Eddie Turner to help your leaders one-on-one as their coach or to inspire them as a group through the power of facilitation or a keynote address. Visit eddieturnerllc.com to learn more. This is Patricia Fripp the presentation skills expert. And you're listening to the Keep Leading podcast with my friend, Eddie Turner. We're back, everyone. I'm talking to Dr. Eric George. Dr. George is a renowned hand surgeon, serial entrepreneur, and venture capitalist. I am really enjoying our conversation, Dr. George. And before the break, you were telling us uh, about your new book, We ditch the me mindset, and change the world. How can leaders listening to our conversation benefit from this philosophy? Well, you know, Ed, I think that a lot of people tend to, particularly in the world of business, it's all about the leader at the top. And what we found is the people who work for that type of leader tend to just do the minimum because it's going to be the way that person wants it no matter what. And what we found is if you empower your employees or the people who work with you to succeed, we don't micromanage them and we make them feel as if they're an owner. And I I think if you ask anybody to work for me, not only do they feel that way, they are an owner. 
And we just provide them with guidance. We keep them accountable. And we let them know that at the end of the day, you're relying on them for results and really nothing else. And we try to come up with a desirable outcome. And it's been a home run for us in every way. Yes. If you have people who work for you who don't feel like an employee, but they feel like an owner, that's empowering. It it really is. And I think when you feel defeated because something didn't go well in your own heart, then you don't have to discipline or or in fact, I'd say we spend more time saying that's okay. These things happen. You didn't get the deal or you didn't get the price. And the party that works for me, she probably spends more time worrying about it than I do about the fact that we didn't get it. And boy, on the next one, they really want it because they own it. And I think that if you're leading people, that's so important. I couldn't agree with you more. Dr. George, when I grew up, as I look at your background, this is making me think about my life. I mean, yes, I, I've announced here that you are a hand surgeon. You are an entrepreneur, a serial entrepreneur, many businesses, and a venture capitalist. And you've also done a lot of philanthropic work. And I think about growing up how because of my father's work in the steel mills in Northwest Indiana and what he saw in terms of layoffs, he taught my brother and sister and I to have multiple skills and to pursue multiple technical talents if we could develop those and even careers. And that served me, that advice served me well throughout my life initially. And then as I started to make my way through corporations, I was always told, no, pick a lane. And when you pick your lane, stay. And I look at you and you're, you're in four or five different lanes. Wow. I'm so glad you said that and talk about agreeing with you. You know, these MBA schools used to say, oh, no, you're an oil and gas person. That's where you should stay. You should only invest in oil and gas. Stay away from these other things. Wow. Do I agree with you, Ed? You know, we're innately intelligent individuals. Some of the most successful people in the world have diversified. And that is what really gives you the interest to move on. And I disagree completely with that MBA axiom, stay in your lane. I think that you can hear wonderful success stories. I mean, look at yours. You know, they didn't keep you channeled just to work in the steel mill like your father, or I could only be a doctor. That meant I could only come in, see patients, and then go home. And you know, you miss a lot of life's opportunities that way. So I really encourage your audience, and I think you do as well. Listen, if you're in a job that you're not happy with, and you've always thought about opening a coffee shop, or starting a restaurant, or getting involved in a startup, or you have a great idea that you want to try to market, I encourage you to do that. And if it's in a world you don't understand, learn about it, and hire people or work with people who know it. I've never met a person, Ed, in my life, especially one that's been in the business a long time, that's not flattered by an opportunity to share what they know. So in other words, if you're going to get into a hotel business and you want to talk to a man who's worked in the hotels for 30 years or a lady, I've never heard one say, oh, I won't help you. They all say, I'd love to tell you my trips and my falls along the way. And I think any businessman that just tells you about his successes, it's really not honest because 
You want to learn about their failures as much as you want to learn about their successes. Yes, and indeed, it might be argued that we can learn more from the failures than the successes. Uh, Nelson Mandela said, don't judge me by my success. Judge me by all the times I failed and then got back up. Love that. One of my heroes, by the way. Absolutely one of my <laughs> greatest heroes in the world, by the way. Love him. Wonderful. So thinking about that, some might say, well, it came good or it came natural or it came easy for you, Dr. George. You were a physician. You were put in an area. You saw a need and you started to build a practice that allowed you to do that. It just kind of came natural for you, but it doesn't come natural for me. What can I do to start to diversify or to find another path like you? Well, you know, I, I'm going to disagree with that. I think that I want your audience to hear, no, it did not come easy for me. And I'll tell you why. The medical training, not my career as a doctor, but the medical training teaches you to be one way, make the decision, make the call, and do what you think has to be done. And as a surgeon, you really can't use a we mentality in a trauma unit, if you think about that. You can't say, well, Ed, what do you think we should do? And Bob, what do you think we should do? <laughs> right? I mean, you roll and make those decisions. Yes. And yes. so for me to come from that surgical mentality, in fact, and this is a quote, it's a little bit humorous in surgery, and I learned it in Michigan, and I really don't mean it to be negative. I'm just saying they said, you may not always be right, but you're never wrong as a surgeon. And <laughs> you get that mentality a little bit, meaning make your decision. Don't waffle. And I think that in business, if you're only, it's your way or no way, it's a mistake. So I think that it was a big change for me. And it wasn't until I met patients and got to know that it was really more of a partnership than a dictatorship. So I think your I think your people who it didn't come easy for will be better businessmen than the ones that it came easy for. In fact, I've said that many times in some of the talks I've given. If it comes easy for you, you probably won't love it and dig into it and spend your life impressed by it. And if you work for it, you want it more than anything in the world. Don't you agree? I agree completely. And I must say, I love that quote. And I guess <laughs> I know far more surgeons than I thought because I know a lot of guys walking around with that mentality. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wonderful. So, what are the next plans for you? You've got so much going. You've got the book out now. What's next? Well, you know, I'm really focused on trying to give back. I think that, you know, we're very involved. You know, we have over a billion dollars in assets. We've invested in multiple companies now, five different industries, PharmaJet, Modern Teacher with our friend Charles Fred, hotels, but what I'd like to accomplish is helping others, and that's a great reward for us now. And we're always looking for new young ideas and partnerships with new people that are interested. And that's really been fulfilling for me moving forward. Yes, uh, you mentioned Charles Fred. 
I forgot about him. When I learned <laughs> that you two knew each other, I said that I automatically knew that Dr. George was a good man because Charles Fred is the best. He he was someone who I met in my ATD life. He was the chair of the board for a few years. And so, yes. Oh, I love that. And, you know, he just recently did a thing with Gallup and he did some tremendous research. He found that everybody wants to invest in these startup companies because they're going to go to 100 to 1 or 1,000 to 1. And in reality, his research showed us that really the businesses that are stuck between the 2 and the $10 million range are the ones that you can really help. And most of those are the ones that become successful. And very few of these rocket ships make it. And he really has some wonderful tools to look at how those those companies that are stuck in that range can be helped. And I know your leadership would really dovetail nicely with him on that project. Well, I'm definitely going to have to reach back out to him for sure. Thank you. Sure. I got to say this. My listeners are not able to see your amazing office. You know, now in this time of COVID, all of us are doing virtual sessions. And so the cool thing is to see what everybody's home or office or Zoom background looks like. All those different hand models behind you are incredible. <laughs> well, thank you, my friend. You know, I'm glad I'm not a urologist. But <laughs> the bottom line is all of those hands Ed, are gifts from patients. So oh, are they? It has a real sentimental value for me. Oh, I treated a man wow. from South Africa who brought me a hand that was made by the woods. I have some hands that were part of the rainforest. I've had a famous artist and a clockmaker who made a clock out of a hand that I treated. So, so many of them, you know, I have a steel worker, I have a coal miner who, who actually carved out of coal a set of hands. So it really means a lot to me. And I have a lot of professional athletes that have signed baseball, you know, signed balls for me. My favorite is Kathy Bates. I took care of her, the actress, and I wish you could see this. She was in a series called The American Horror Story, and apparently they made a fake hand for her, and she brought that to me for Christmas. <laughs> How about that? And it was made in Hollywood, so it really looks as real as it can be. Well, the next time I'm traveling, if I find a hand somewhere, <laughs> I'll be I sure want you to do that. Too. I would love that very much. <laughs> <laughs> now watch, all my listeners in 80 different countries now are going to start sending Dr. George hands. <laughs> well, I, I would take them and be honored by that. I really would. <laughs> Dr. George, I have thoroughly enjoyed talking to you. What's the main message you'd like to leave with those who have listened to our discussion today? Oh, well, thank you. You know, I thought long and hard about the title of our book before we completed it. And I really think more than anything today. I want people to realize that with COVID and with all the crisis that's happening with the BLM issue, I really, really want people to know it's time that we really do come together. I mean, the world has to be a we. And I think since the COVID crisis, we've all had to wear masks. We've all had to stay home for the good of the entire whole. And it's not about one person. It's not about a group that gets to control everything. It's really about all of us together working to solve a problem. And when you have a common enemy, i.e. COVID, nothing makes you stronger than everybody standing together. 
So for me, it's all about we, not me. Beautiful, beautiful. And on the Keep Leading podcast, we, in addition to the great content you've provided in this discussion, we always have to give leaders a quote or the best piece of leadership advice you've ever received to help us all keep leading. Oh, wow. Well, let me tell you, I think one of the most valuable ones that I use many times in our board meetings, and that is, pause is not a delay, it's a discipline. And for your audience, what that means is when you come across an issue that you want to think that you think you have to make a decision, you know, I think a very effective leaders are far more effective when they recognize that pause versus active impulsively leads to better results. And that is look at it, analyze it, talk to a guy like Eddie Turner, have him come and help you, you know, help you set up your company. Get a brand doctor to help you with branding and find an expert to help you. And then you will all want to work together for a win. Wonderful. And thank you for the plug there. (laughs) It's absolutely true, my friend. Well, thank you again, Dr. George. Where can my listeners learn more about you? Well, I encourage them. We have a website. It's called ergenterprises.net. If you Google just ERG Enterprises, you'll find our website. We have a section at the bottom that we encourage ideas reaching out to us. We have a whole team of people who would love to talk to you if we can help you. If you have a a business that you're interested in looking for some capital or some thoughts on our process, we'd love to hear from you. All right. Well, we're going to put all of that in the show notes so people can reach out to you and connect with you. And certainly if they're looking for a great hand doctor, uh, (laughs) you're the, you're the man, you're the one that want to go see. We're going to put links to your books as well so they can get that and get to learn more about you. That would be so nice of you. Thank you, my friend. Thank you for being a guest and helping all of us understand the we of leadership on the keep leading podcast. That concludes this episode, everyone. I'm Eddie Turner, the Leadership Accelerator, reminding you that leadership is not about our title or our position. Leadership is an activity. Leadership is action. It's not the case of once a leader, always a leader. It's not a garment we put on and take off. We must be a leader at our core and allow it to emanate in all we do. So whatever you're doing, always keep leading. Thank you for listening to your host, Eddie Turner, on the Keep Leading Podcast. Please remember to subscribe to the Keep Leading Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen. For more information about Eddie Turner's work, please visit eddieturnerllc.com. Thank you for listening to C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.